Hello there, friends. This is Spencer Michaud, and welcome to your weekly astrology forecast for the week of March 16th through March 22nd. I just wanted to say a few things before we get started here. This isn't um, quite like some of the other forecasts we've done. Um, life is happening fast and furiously. Um, a lot of the normal things I would say about an astrology forecast um, seem trivial uh, with the kind of the times that we seem to be facing right now. And that's a little bit of a challenge. Um, so I am trying to figure out the best way to uh, talk about these things in a way that uh, is able to be contextualized for what we're facing as a society and as a collective and as individuals and families and all of those things at the moment. And of course, I'm referring to the uh, coronavirus outbreak that we're experiencing worldwide uh, right now. And um, most of us here in America are uh, kind of stuck in our houses and uh, kind of uh, locked away from the world, so to speak. So, um, so we'll try to unpack that as best that we can. Uh, I don't have all the answers. I'm going to give the caveat of that uh, right away. Um, Sometimes as an astrologer, we try to be helpful in times of crisis. And I feel uh, the weight of the responsibility to try to bring um, a little bit of a message of stability within chaos. And, and I take that responsibility very seriously, just, just to help people find some meaning in what's going on. Um, but I'll have to admit, being just a human being who's in the middle of living this with all of you, uh, yeah, it's been hard. It's been a, it's been a challenging week. And uh, I think one of the things I want to share right away in the forecast is just the kind of, you know, acknowledging some of the feelings that we may be all going through together, just filtered through my own experience. Um, so if you all didn't know in the forecast, I have a 12th house cancer sun in my chart, right? And Leo ascendant with sun and cancer in the 12th house. So I feel like on some level, this type of experience that we're going through is one that I've been kind of living for most of my life. It doesn't mean that I'm any better than anybody else or anything like that. It just means I, I have some experience, I think, with this type of energy. Um, I would call that the energy of isolation, possibly the energy of self-undoing. And maybe also I might have a little bit of insight into some of the collective feelings we may be going through, especially as Americans, since uh, cancer is the sun sign of the United States. And I wanted to start off this podcast slash video with just talking a little bit about just the feelings that have arisen in me, the good and the bad feelings because I think this is speaking to some of the collective feelings we may be experiencing. Now, first of all, uh, being a Cancerian sun, being some, somebody who is very sensitive, moon on the midheaven, uh, I feel like what I've been doing over the last week or two here is absorbing the emotional energy of the collective. This is something that I'm able to do in general, uh, just be able to absorb kind of the, the, the zeitgeist of the times or the feeling of the times. And usually, 
usually I can use those um, impressions to hopefully give some kind of practical grounded advice and to nurture people through the collective. I think that's what the moon on the midheaven tries to do. And I have a Taurus moon there that's really powerful, wanting to take care of everyone. And this has been a challenge for me. Um, since I've been a young person, I've taken on the weight of the world, really. And, you know, when I'm learning in college about society and, and social justice and injustices and all the things, and man, it was a depressing time. And I will admit, I'm, I'm feeling really, really overwhelmed over the last week, just kind of uh, reading about all the current events as they're unfolding. Um, so I'll try to unpack those feelings uh, and acknowledge my own and, and hopefully help you acknowledge or come to terms with some of the things that you're feeling. Um, but let's tr we'll try to get through it together. For, first of all, some of the feelings that have been arising in me personally, uh, and I think this is, speaks to the, the condition as an American citizen and, and our collective response to crisis. Um, cancer is a planet, or it's, I'm sorry, is a sign. Cancer is a sign, not a planet. Moon, the moon is the, the planet ruling cancer that is very, I think, concerned with protection, with mothering, with nurturing, but on a level that is more, I'm going to, I need to protect my own kin. And that is something that, that is a feeling that, that arisen, had arisen in, in me over the last week was how do I secure, basically how do I secure my own oxygen mask first for myself and my family and, and things of that nature. And, and, you know, I think inherently we all have some small fear of the unknown. And that is when things get really challenging is when you don't know exactly what's happening and what, what is the right thing to do or not. And, you know, what some of the things that we're experiencing here is empty shelves and grocery stores, people stockpiling toilet paper and things of that nature. And uh, our family went out and got a few extra things. We didn't uh, hoard. We're, we're not ready for like a year-long apocalypse or anything like that. But I think if we need to stay home for, I don't know, a few weeks, a month, we'll probably be okay. Uh, and I think that we're seeing that play out in the collective as how do, I think the first impulse, especially in this country, and that's why I'm a little nervous about this um, pandemic outbreak in, in our country is what I've noticed is that we're not the greatest at sharing. <laughs> we, we, uh, I've seen a lot of instances in the news about people, you know, going out and, you know, stocking up and hoarding and things of that nature. And I think that the impulse to want to um, socially distance, and we'll talk about that as we get to the astrology of this week, uh, is a good one. And I think that that is a smart thing to do in, in this um, environment. I will also preface all of this with saying I'm not a medical expert. I'm not even a medical astrology expert. Uh, I have some ideas about the astrology and how it relates to some of the physical things, only secondhand from some people that are much more knowledgeable than me. And I'll include a link to some of those here. I, I want to just give a shout out to um, the wife of my astrology teacher, um, Ashley Ellenboss, who her, she and uh, Achutababa did a very 
um, very informative podcast about herbal medicine and what you can do to kind of at least uh, attempt to boost your immune system or stay healthy or, or kind of the astrological nature of what we're experiencing with the coronavirus. And I think it was, there's some very useful tips in there and, and some herbal medicines to help you keep healthy and to help you, uh, you know, how to maybe treat some of these things on, on one level. Now, I don't think that it's a, it's a um, substitute for proper medical care if you're really in need, um, but I thought there were some good tips in there. I guess the gist of it, if I were to sum it up real quickly, was this is a, a, a cold and dry type of illness that based on its proximity with its representation in a, in a natal chart by all of the Saturnian planets, the stack up in Saturn, which is a melancholic, cold and dry planet. Um, and it's I, there. I believe there's been some research where this virus will proliferate in conditions of coldness and dryness. So her recommendations are to heat the body up, to get some exercise, to open up the pores. Uh, she recommends a number of diaphoretics, which help open the lungs up. Um, so warming herbs, things like uh, ginger, um, elder flower, um, dandelion root, uh, or leaf. I'm not. I'm not exactly sure. And that, like I said, I'll include a a link to this. But she she recommends sweating. You know, getting getting some exercise and sweating it out. And I think the other thing to that, that I really liked about their podcast was talking about some of the remedies to a fallen. Jupiter that we have here being, um, you know, trying to bring in more Jupiterian qualities into our life of connection, and uh, but also respecting Saturn right now, uh, and then I'll, I'll I'll get into more of that as we go along. Um, so that's kind of my introduction to a very, uh, like I said, this isn't normal. These aren't normal circumstances. Things I would no say about regular everyday life have been disruptive, disrupted. And uh, I, we have to kind of look at these through a, a slightly different lens. Uh, and that's the other thing about astrology too. Like as much as astrologers have been talking about Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened earlier in the year and, and some of the difficult astrology uh, that we're seeing here, very, very few of them could have predicted or did predict anything uh, like this um, they, or as specific as this. And I think we can see thematic things through uh, astrology. We can see archetypal themes, but that doesn't change the sense of awe and wonder that we have, even as astrologers, as it's playing out in real time. And I think that's something that I'm really experiencing this week is that sense of awe at it just playing out in, in front of us. And what I'll try to do is share some, uh, some tips on how I've experienced uh, self-imposed isolation over time and what I've done to stay sane during the course of, of my life, if, if you could call it that. <laughs> and uh, uh, I think that what I want to say, and I'll reiterate this at the end of the, of the show, but um, we're, you know, even if we're in isolation like this, which I do think I do agree with uh, the experts, the experts, like I said, I'm not, I'm not an expert, but I think it's, it seems like common sense um, where we've seen lots of these things where we're trying to suppress the curve of outbreak and and sometimes we do that by being responsible be so being socially responsible and trying to reduce the uh the spread of the illness through through kind of less social contact and through 
um, making sure that like our medical system doesn't get overrun by people who are sick. And, and that's kind of a, even if we're younger and quote unquote healthier or, or more able to fight this off, I feel like uh, that's what we've decided as a family we're doing and is the socially responsible thing to do. And I've had some tough conversations with some people in my life uh, trying to um, impress that point on them. It, it's not just about you. It's not just about your life being disrupted. It's about um, your responsibility to your neighbors and to your community. And you can think of that as uh, your duty right now, your Saturnian duty, right? The necessity that you need to do to um, maintain um, the health of the herd, I guess you could call it. And it's not going to be fun. Everyone's making sacrifices right now. And uh, everyone's feeling that pain of contraction, right? But let's, we'll explore that word too, contraction, almost like labor pains. And I feel like this is one of the contractions that is happening before uh, a new birth of sorts. And uh, the last thing I'll say before we get into the nitty gritty details uh, is that um, a lot of the times we have to take a long view in astrology and we have to see these cycles within context of much, much larger cycles, which can be really hard when we're facing the day-to-day conditions of our life. And I, I thought my teacher, Chutabhava, had a really good way of describing this too. You don't even look at it just in the, the context of your own life, of your own day-to-day, but the context of on a soul level, you know, if the soul is infinite and, and living on, in a nonlinear existence, you know, looking at this from a, a higher perspective of, you know, this isn't just the only go around that we have as well. So, um, and I don't, I do not admit to being as half as eloquent as he is when, I, when we talk about uh, spirituality and things like that. I think my strength lies in uh, data analysis and uh, detail and trying to, trying to unify some of these details into something coherent and, you know, practical daily uh, advice based on my own experience. So I don't, I don't claim anything other than that. And all I'm doing for you today is interpreting these symbols and trying to contextualize it as best I can with being a flawed human being. So that being said, let's move to the forecast. Uh, so Monday, the 16th, Mercury is going to be moving back into Pisces into its fall and exile. Uh, we will discuss that. We're experiencing a last quarter moon this week, um, where we are going to be experiencing the existential crisis that happens at the end of the moon cycle, at the end of the lunar cycle, reevaluating a lot of things in life, uh, letting go of things that may not serve us anymore, and trying to figure out what, uh, what we're going to do moving forward. Um, Mars is going to be moving into the third decan of Capricorn, uh, associated with the Four of Pentacles. We'll talk about that at length in the daily forecast. This is a very martial week. Mars is highlighted this week and very, very powerful. Um, and I'll, I'll give you my thoughts on that. Um, but before I even get into that, you know, it's going to be important that we are dealing with things like our, our anger impulses and things like that very constructively. Uh, so that's something we'll talk about in depth. Uh, Thursday, the 19th, the sun is going to sextile Saturn before it moves into Aries for the spring equinox or the Aries ingress. We'll explore that in a little bit more depth. That's going to be a big moment. Um, a lot of times in mundane astrology, they use the Aries ingress chart or the moment that the sun moved into Aries to talk about um, 
what was going to happen for the next season. Uh, and we'll, I just got done watching a very good uh, lecture from Demetra George uh, on the Astrology University website. And I encourage you to go there because they're, they're doing a really nice service. They're giving free access to the Astrology Summit that happened, I believe, over the winter where a lot of folks were talking about Saturn-Pluto and a lot of these themes that we're facing now in real time. And she talked a lot about the Jupiter-Saturn uh, conjunction that's happening later on in the year and some of the themes we're facing with um, the Saturn and Pluto in Capricorn uh, experience that we're having. Um, and I will try to uh, summarize some of that, but I really highly encourage you to go directly to the source as well on that. Um, so we'll explore that a little bit on Friday the 20th. Mars will be conjoining Jupiter, so that's an, another big moment. Um, and then the really big news of this week, and something that we're going to be experiencing for the next few years, is Saturn's going to be moving into Aquarius, first decan of Aquarius, uh, on the 21st. Uh, and we will break down some of the symbolism of that, because we're already seeing some of the themes kind of starting to crop up, and, and what we're going to be dealing with with Saturn moving into his diurnal uh, home, his diurnal domicile where he has triplicity rulership by the daytime. Um, and it has a correspondence with the five of swords. So we'll, we'll try to break that down as, as much as we can. And then finally, on Sunday, the 22nd, there'll be a couple sextiles from Mercury to, to Uranus and Venus to uh, Neptune. Now, all of this is building towards a few conjunctions with Pluto that I would be remiss if I didn't mention at the beginning of the show. Uh, Mars will be conjoining Pluto uh, Monday, the 23rd, and Jupiter will be conjoining Pluto on Saturday, uh, April 4th. So both of those aspects are going to be beginning to be felt over the course of the next week or so. And um, we need to be aware of some of the meanings of those as well. All right, so let's share our chart here. Everybody doing okay? You with me so far? What a crazy week. What a crazy, draining, emotional <laughs> experience this all is. Yeah, stay positive though. Yeah, try to stay positive. I think wh what I'm doing is trying to acknowledge um, the hurt and the pain and the grief of all this, uh, trying to find some silver linings if I can, and then having trying to take action based on common sense rather than fear and hysteria. Um, and I do think a little bit of common sense based on healthy fear is okay. I think uh, maybe I fall on the side of being a little bit overly cautious. Um, but I would rather be overly cautious than than flippant. And um, I, I think that's, man, interesting times we're living in is all, all I can say. All right. So you can see if you're following along in the video, we have the two charts where the planets begin and where the planets end up. So we'll begin with the sun. The sun is going to start off uh, at 19 degrees. Uh, oh, what do we? Nope, that's the, that's the moon. Sorry. The sun starting off at 26 degrees of Pisces in the third decan of Pisces, where we had uh, dignity. Um, it, it was called peregrine, which basically means the sun is a wanderer and it doesn't really have essential, essential dignity. Um, it is in the face of Mars. It's, so it's kind of this, uh, I talked last week about the sun moving through this decan being about sacrifice, being about fighting for your ideals and, and uh, the emotional highs and lows, which we're definitely going through, uh, that has really been uh, quite an experience. It's a roller coaster. It's like when you've got new information coming at you every every few hours. It's uh, you know it's it's difficult sometimes to maintain that center. But that's really what we're tasked with right now. Um, 
the sun is going to be on the terms of Mars from 19 to 28 degrees and then the terms of Saturn from 28 to 30 degrees of Pisces. Uh, and then at the end of the week, the sun is going to change shift dignity and moving to its exaltation in the sign of Aries, which is a Mars-ruled domicile. Um, it is also the triplicity ruler of the, of the fire signs during the day, um, and it will be on the terms of Jupiter from zero to six degrees. So the sun gains a lot of dignity, but it also, when it moves into Aries, uh, it squares all of the pileup that we're experiencing in Capricorn. So that is, that is going to be challenging. Um, and that is a moment, I think, where we might see even more, um, more authoritarian power being wielded by, uh, by the system. Uh, so I'm, I'm trying to prepare you for that as best I can without being overly, uh, I don't know, dark about it. Uh, but I would just say this week's pretty important. Um, so anyway, um, we'll talk about the Aries ingress, but, but the sun in, is exalted in Aries uh, for a few reasons. Um, it is the time when the light is returning. Uh, or when the, the, the night and the day is equal, uh, that is the, what, why we call it the equinox, um, but then the day starts to become longer, so the, the power of the sun starts to gain. Uh, so that is one of the explanations for the exaltation. Um, we can say that the sun is going to be functioning at its best in, the, in, in Aries, right? It's able to command, become a commanding presence, right? Um, Schmidt called the sun... Um, a, the, the process of selection, but also the ability to command authority. Um, it was about wisdom, the light of the mind, awareness. And in Aries, we're going to be having an awareness of what separates us and be able to t hopefully take some proper actions towards, towards those ends. But also, uh, it may be, there may be some painful separations from the womb-like experience that we're having in the sign of Pisces right now. Uh, Jupiter is going to be moving through its fall in the third decade of Capricorn, uh, and it'll be on the terms of Saturn from 22 to 26 degrees. It'll be moving from uh, 22 to 23 degrees. It's inching ever closer to Pluto this week. It's already within the Calasis or the three-degree adherence between Pluto. Um, we will discuss that a little bit. Uh, it is also going to be experiencing a, a conjunction with Mars this week, so Jupiter, as a, as a planet in uh, more medieval astrology, had qualities of, they, they applied like uh, temperamental qualities to these planets, and Jupiter had the quality of warmth and, and wetness, or warmth and moisture, uh, while as Mars was very hot and dry. So there is, Jupiter right now is in a, a place that is very uncomfortable for it. Saturn had the qualities of coldness and, and dryness. So almost the antithesis of what Jupiter needed to feel uh, supported. And this is one of the things we can talk about with Jupiter in its fall is right now Jupiter is also in, has a condition which is called besiegement or it's within a, uh, the enclosure of the two malefic planets, Mars and Saturn. You can see that Mars and Saturn are basically uh, enclosing both Jupiter and Pluto at this point. Uh, and that was a condition in, in Hellenistic astrology of, of feeling confined and feeling contained. <laughs> it's just so, I'm laughing because the symbolism is just so literal right now. Uh, and that can feel like our hope, Jupiter, right? Our, our feelings of 
um, expansion of uh, being able to to grow are being contained within these these malefic forces, and we're literally being contained in our homes right now. Are being encouraged to, and you know, in Italy, they're basically on lockdown right now. Uh, very literal uh, representation of a malefic enclosure of a planet. Um, so that will abate at some point in the next week or so. Doesn't mean that this is all going away. It just means that that condition for Jupiter will abate once Mars passes over Jupiter, that uh, enclosure will be broken. Um, so we'll explore that a little bit further. But yeah, Jupiter is not in great shape right now. And uh, we can see the, um, in, in my, uh, I'm in a horary class with my teacher at Chutabhava. And in class, I asked the question about the, the virus and we did a, a horary about it. And we had Jupiter representing the virus. And um, we can see the representation of the virus with Jupiter coming in contact with Pluto, which represents corruption, which uh, represents things that are, um, you know, uh, toxic, uh, with decaying matter, um, with death. Uh, it was the lord of the underworld. And Jupiter expands anything it comes in contact with. So we're seeing an expansion of this, uh, I don't know, deadly disease. So something to, really the symbolism again is, is playing out very, very literally. Uh, so Jupiter not in great shape right now. Um, Saturn is in the third decan of Capricorn in its own domicile in the terms of Mars, 26 to 30 degrees. So Jupiter's, I'm sorry, Saturn's playing by Mars's rules right now. Mars is very strong. Mars is uh, also in the sign of Capricorn, in its exaltation, uh, in its own face to begin the week. Um, so this is something where we're going to see a very strong Mars being kind of like the the general on the field. Um, there is a, I, I, I don't know, I don't even know anymore. I hate to be like going to the, the extremes of all these things, but um, with this strong of a Mars, I mean, I would see, say that there is a possibility well, first of all, martial qualities of speeding things up, of heating things up, of you know, anger, of violence. Um, also, though, authority being asserted as Mars moves into the third decan of Capricorn, something like "quote unquote" martial law could could be uh, enacted. Which I don't even think we're really that far away from that right now, are we? I mean, basically every school in the country has been shut down, or is in the process of that. All of uh, the sports leagues have been canceled. Um, the most of our community events are toast. Uh, that's pretty close to you know something like martial law. <laughs> like I don't know what else has to happen with that. Um, so just uh, you're going to hear me over the course of this, just be kind of like that awe and wonder of this, and trying to process it in real time because it's just so kind of extraordinary what we're what we're living through. Um, before I move on to Mars, uh, Saturn will be moving into Aquarius this week, uh, it briefly dipping its toe before it retrogrades back out uh, uh, in the in summer, uh, and then moving back in for good uh, towards the end of the year. Um, when Saturn is in Aquarius, it is the also the domicile ruler, the diurnal ruler, the daytime ruler of Aquarius. Um, so still very powerful Saturn. It will be the triplicity ruler by day. 
and it will be in the terms of Mercury from zero to seven degrees and in the face of Venus. So we'll break that down when I talk about Saturn in Aquarius. Um, but this is actually, I think, an improvement on Saturn's condition right now. This is where Saturn has its joy. Uh, so gaining triplicity rulership, I think, is somewhat of a big deal. Uh, triplicity rulership was of the nature of Jupiter, which is communal support. So there is some, I think that as a community, we may be able to band together, hopefully a little bit, and deal with some of the necessities of our condition uh, and the feelings that we have of being in exile. And <laughs> the brilliant Mr. Austin Kopic literally calls the Deccan that Saturn is in the mark of exile. <laughs> so I was, just, I was just laughing when I read this. I'm like, wow, this is um, it's incredible how it, how, uh, it plays out and um, how good of a writer he is too and how, how he hits the nail on the head over and over again. So that's Saturn. Venus will be moving through the uh, second decan of Taurus. And I thought this was interesting too. Um, I don't know if I talked about, I think I talked about this a little bit last week, but I saw it literally play out in real time where the first decan of Taurus, we saw two figures outside of a church, kind of destitute, kind of poor, um, injured, and, and really like the, in, in 36 Faces, Austin Kopic talks about that decan being associated with the fear of lack. We really saw the collective catharsis being played out with everybody decimating the grocery store shelves uh, and things like that, and basically stocking up for the worst case scenario due to their fear of, of uh, not having enough. And right as, as Venus moved into the second decan, literally the, the night before it moved in, we had a, um, a stimulus package that was approved. And remember, the second decan of, of Venus was associated with the six of pentacles. And we see a, a, a clothed figure handing out alms to the poor. And like, and you could say, I mean, depending on how you feel about the actual bill that was passed, it could be like, you know, the oligarchy handing out peanuts to the, to the, the poor. Uh, but I thought it was an interesting symbolism nonetheless. Um, with Venus, which is a natural significator for, for women, uh, and in, in this case, one of the champions of that bill was Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House. So basically we saw in our collective a woman uh, fighting for and helping to distribute some form of charity to the people, uh, some sort of relief. Uh, and I thought that was just really another uh, very poignant literal symbolism of some of these decanic uh, cards that we explore through the tarot. I really love exploring uh, this these archetypes through these visuals because time and time again, I've seen it play out in a, in a very literal way. Uh, so just wanted to talk about that a little bit. Venus is in its own domicile. She is the triplicity ruler of the earth signs in the day. She'll be moving through the terms of Mercury uh, and then the terms of Jupiter from 14 to 22 degrees. So the beginning of the week, she'll be in uh, Mercury's terms and then moving through Jupiter's terms. So very strong Venus. Venus is trying to help. Venus is trying to provide assistance uh, to this Capricorn stack up that we're experiencing. Now, let me just make this very literal as well. Venus uh, in Hellenistic astrology 
was the planet of uh, harmony, but also of ritual and cleanliness. <laughs> she literally was trying to purge us of the toxic feelings uh, through through dramas, through the dramas that were playing out in the Greek theater and things like that. But also, she ruled cleanliness and the ability to um, clean ourselves through through religious ritual. And how interesting is it now that to to support the uh, the Capricorn stack up that we have this virus one we we are religiously washing our hands as if it's a religious ritual and that is actually going to help okay Venus is saying you know what you religiously clean <laughs> yourself that is that is one of the ways to support trine okay do something good through your own actions I explored this last week trines being the nature of Jupiter distributive justice okay uh, this is distributive justice was a word I learned from Robert Schmidt. Whereas I, I'm playing around with the, the theory that trines uh, are of the nature of Jupiter, like my teacher Ashutababa talks about and, and Robert Schmidt talks about, but also that maybe trines are the, re, the results of actions that we may take. Jupiter may be some of the, the results, the distributive justice of, of the, of the merit-based actions we take. Whereas sextiles being of the nature of Venus may be more a result of just uh, the result of good fortune that we may receive through no really action of our own. So I think that one of the merit-based actions that we can take right now to create good fortune, okay, to create good uh, distributive justice is to take our, our cleanliness habits seriously, to wash our hands, like to you know, use the hand sanitizer if you have it. I mean, like it's, it's, a, it's a rare commodity at this point. Um, mostly to, to do the socially responsible thing and to, to stay uh, away from people, uh, especially if you're sick. But, you know, I don't think it's just limited to that, but that's, we'll talk about that later. Um, so yes, practicing ritualistically uh, and Charity, I think, is something else. I want to really point out, I love the, the, the quote, I guess it's from Mr. Rogers, right? We say, look for the helpers when he talks about how to deal with the challenging things in life. And I wanted to, you know, there's a helper in my community um, who I have seen on social media raising money for people in her church, uh, I guess through her church congregation, but also through just her community at large and trying to uh, help give gift certificates to like the stores for, for the families and needs that through this isolation, maybe losing work and losing uh, their ability to provide for their family. And as soon as the, there was an inkling that these things were going to start happening, she was on social media, like saying, Hey, let's do a, this fundraiser for this. And I'm not surprised. She's just kind of a superhero. So this is the same woman who was, was going down to, um, the border when there were families locked up and, and trying to help and protest and do these things. Um, just a wonderful person has a really beautiful family here in this area, but I was just really impressed by her and her efforts. And those are the kind of things that I think we can see where we are trying to, um, you know, really utilize our sense of community in a positive way, in the way that we can, 
that may look a little different than we may always think about community as being like just face to face in in you know contact and things like that but there are ways there are ways to help there are ways to still stay connected and there are ways to help your neighbor uh, instead of just always thinking about everyone for themselves now i you know i was guilty of this myself like i like i said securing your own oxygen mask in a crisis is good but there that should have limits too uh, i've seen all these articles online of people who went out when they first saw that this was a thing and went out and bought 17,000 um, bottles of hand sanitizer or wipes or whatever to resell on Amazon. And that, quite frankly, is despicable. That kind of hoarding is uh, the type of thing that puts everybody at risk. And if those folks, and if you're one of those folks listening, and I, I almost honestly doubt that you are, but if you are, uh, I think the morally responsible thing to do is to take whatever surplus that you have and uh, you know, keep enough for, for, you know, whatever, a month or two, but donate the rest of it to an organization in need uh, that might uh, benefit from having those supplies and ultimately potentially keep you healthier by not spreading this thing uh, far and wide. Um, because when we, when we hoard like that, uh, eventually that action, there's always a karmic balance to all these. Eventually that action will come back to us. Through, through depriving someone else, um, there will be a, a karmic retribution for that. And just, it's just common sense. It's just looking at how if you uh, take that supply out of the community, less people are going to be able to uh, keep themselves clean and healthy. So encourage you, if that's some, something that uh, you did, uh, try to find ways to share. And if you are one of the lucky ones who was even able to do that, because there's a lot of people out there who weren't even able to um, figure out how to, you know, support their family in this time frame. Uh, and, you know, when they got to the store, everything was gone. And now that the hoarders have enough for two years, they haven't left enough for everyone to live for the next week. And we're going to have to really work on uh, not leaving those folks behind. And I think that's going to be part of our Saturn in Aquarius as well, okay, uh, is, is the responsibility to take care of those that are on the fringes. Um, soapbox over. <laughs> like, I don't know, though. This is really frustrating. Like, it's just the true character of somebody is really going to come out when a crisis, when the, when the, basically when the proverbial shit hits the fan. And I wrestled with this. I, I, I wanted to admit that in the beginning of this because I wrestled with this myself. My, my uh, crisis instinct started kicking in and I was, you know, making, I wanted to make sure that we had enough in case we were locked down in our house for a month or even more. And just seeing how things were trending in other countries, like that possibility is very real. And, and actually it's the, the responsible thing to do to, to stay home. And, uh, but I felt that fear and I, I, acknowledge that fear if that's something that you felt and and you reacted in that way I, you know i think that on some level we need to re forgive ourselves if that's the way that we reacted um but you have an opportunity now to come back into balance and i, I think that's going to be uh very important especially this week as new things start to get triggered and we see new things on the news and the fear starts to be magnified because it will it's it's inevitable there's going to be this isn't going to go away overnight 
and it's going to prey upon our very um, the deepest our deepest senses of security, and it's going to trigger those things. Um, but I think that the best people that respond in a crisis are ones that respond with a cool and rational head, not the ones that are flailing. And I think that that's what is uh, called for right now. I think that's what Mars is really called. Mars is asking us to do is how do you respond to a crisis in a rational, strategic way rather than a, just a uh, uh, aggressive, uh, I don't know, scattered way where you're just kind of scattering your aggressive anger energy in all different directions and lashing out. That's not what this calls for. This calls for uh, measured thinking and seeing the big picture. And I think that's what Mars in, in Capricorn is actually pretty good at doing. Um, we just have to be careful of trying to fight for our material security and be too, being too attached to that. All right. Um, are we still on essential dignities? <laughs> Sorry. Oh, Mercury. So Mercury is starting the week off at, at uh, um, 29 degrees of Aquarius and moving back into its exile and fall at the very beginning of the week, uh, losing some dignity. So this could be a time where we're experiencing where Mercury is going back into the labyrinth of, of Pisces 1 where we're trying to find meaning within all of this. We, we've been experiencing the collective and now we're going to be kind of experiencing going back in, internally with this Mercury and uh, trying to connect with some, some spirit and with meaning. Um, communications could be uh, challenging during this time. This is going to require some nonlinear thinking. We may have feelings of irrationality that are coming up. And remember, this is a, a, not a good position for Mercury. This isn't a great time for us to really be thinking at our, at our best. And if you know that going into this week and the weeks ahead, you, it will allow you at least hopefully some objectivity to be able to take a step back and say, you know what, a lot of my chatter that's going on in my brain right now is based on emotion, is being emotionally colored, uh, potentially through, through fear, since Jupiter is moving through that area of Capricorn and conjoining Pluto and hosting Mercury right now, and having the ability to objectively hopefully look at that and, say, and recognize when we're having those emotions. I don't think it's bad to have the emotions. I think that's human. Um, I think that what is with the people that are really able to process the emotions properly are the ones that have self-awareness. And if we really strive to have self-awareness and we are able to objectively rise above ourselves and, uh, you know, observe when we are in a feeling, that's what's really going to help us get through it. It doesn't mean we repress the feeling. It doesn't mean we don't allow ourselves to feel the feeling. A lot of people I've heard are talking about this being a respiratory illness and the, and the lungs being associated uh, with grief and, and uh, with um, the grief that we haven't processed as a collective. And that's interesting. Feel your grief. Feel the sadness. Uh, and then once you feel it, that's the catharsis that will help the healing process begin. And some of the grief that I think we're feeling as a collective is the necessity of changing from a more materially based society to one that is more intellectually based. And 
we are seeing the transition from uh, the the Saturn-Jupiter conjunctions, which happen one, roughly once every 20 years, uh, start to begin in a new triplicity, a new element, which only happens once every 200-ish years. So this is a big shift. This is this will be the first Jupiter-Saturn conjunction that we've had since the early 1800s at the end of the year in Aquarius uh, or in an air sign. And that represents in, in, in mundane astrology and in, in uh, ancient mundane astrology, Jupiter-Saturn conjunctions were, you know, historical epochal markers, paradigm shifts. And we're seeing a paradigm shift right now. And I think that what this virus may be bringing up, at least on a psychosomatic emotional level, is some of the grief uh, that comes with any transition, any loss of what we maybe what we felt entitled to. Uh, of our routine, of what we felt get brought us security, and what we um, uh, are used to. We're creatures of habit, and, and anytime a disruption like this happens, we, uh, we feel it as a loss. And I think that it's okay to feel that loss right now. I think this is a collective feeling of, of grief, and this period is, is important to allow that feeling to, to well, let the tears fall, you know? Have a, have a good cry, you know. I, that that's another remedy I think for all this Capricorn stuff. This isn't necessarily always stiff upper lip territory. If if the if the antidote to all the Capricorn stuff is Cancer, feel your emotions, right? Within reason, within reason, feel your emotions, but don't let them control you. Don't let them make make you take actions that are uh, out of integrity with your character. Okay. All right, so that's Mercury. The moon is going to be going from uh, waning from the last quarter to the balsamic phase as we move towards a new moon on the 23rd, I believe, the Aries new moon. Um, moon will be moving through Sagittarius, which, where it's peregrine, then moving into its exile in Capricorn, where it has triplicity rulership in the nighttime. Uh, it will be moving through Aquarius. Did I say Capricorn? Yeah, Capricorn before is the exile. Uh, when it moves into Aquarius, it has rulership by face in the third decan, and then it's peregrine when it moves into Pisces. So this is definitely a time of, of uh, reflection. This is a time of you know, incorporating all the lessons of this lunar cycle that began when the new moon was at four degrees of Pisces a few weeks ago, and incorporating all those lessons into um, our lives and potentially having a shift and letting go of some old belief systems. That's what last quarter moons are all about is having an existential crisis that allows you to, to kind of make a shift in your perspective. Now I have a last quarter moon by birth and this is a daily process of being able to try to uh, reevaluate, you know, based on new information and new philosophical information, the actions that I take out in the world and, and try to find meaning in, in what I do. And, uh, you know, this is what we're going through as a collective this week. All right. So let me look at one chart here. Uh, it's going to be a long one, folks, but I feel like, you know, it, I would be remiss if I didn't say a lot of this stuff. I think that astrologers in general, I feel like when I was experiencing crises and I was first learning astrology, um, I went to the astrology to find comfort and to find to regain my center and to find meaning in the longer cycles and now being somebody who does this 
professionally, I, I feel like it's a, a responsibility to, to help the collective with that, you know, and, and that's, uh, man, what a, what a heavy mantle that is. And I, I, uh, feel the weight of that this week. So I want to make sure that I'm giving proper treatment to all of these things and trying to contextualize it for you. But I've already said that. Now I'm repeating myself. All right, Monday the 16th, the moon's going to start off in Sagittarius and we're going to be seeing the last quarter moon. Last quarter moons were squares, okay, of the nature of Mars. And this may be a crisis of consciousness that isn't necessarily through your own actions. Okay. Uh, remember, I I've, in my theory that I'm working through, Mars is, uh, since it's associated and has its joy in the sixth house, the fortune house of the house of bad fortune of 2K, uh, this could be potentially Mars. I'm, I'm uh, hypothesizing that Mars is sort of uh, things that are difficult, that are bestowed upon us through not necessarily through punitive justice, just through uh, through the randomness of of the spinning of the wheel of fortune, and this may be a, a period where we're experiencing crisis through uh, just the the spin of the wheel, and and hardship and conflict, and it's not necessarily merit based. It's just through um, the distribution of fate uh, that is unstable, like like two K. 2K and uh, Nemesis were opposites. And Nemesis was associated with Saturn, 2K with, with uh, I believe, with, with the sixth house in Mars. So it, it is one of those things where um, we are, might be experiencing some challenges and we may be asking ourselves some questions and uh, trying to process what has transpired. Because right now we're probably still in the honeymoon phase of this, and that's a honeymoon isn't really the greatest word, but we're still uh, under trying to understand the ramifications of all this. Right now, for the most part, uh, most people, and this is not true for everyone, so I don't want to minimize anyone else's condition, but most people have a fairly stocked pantry. Uh, you know, at the moment, uh, most people, this is the very beginning of being isolated with their families, <laughs> which could be good or could get on your nerves after a while. You know, I think uh, one of the things, adjustments I'm having to make is, you know, I'm used to spending a lot of time alone. This is actually more together time than I'm used to as a 12th house cancer son with my folks or my family home with me every day. And we've had to have some family meetings where we've had to set some, uh, really have some conversations about how we are going to support one another and having our, our personal space, um, how we're going to uh, support each other emotionally, um, how we're going to deal with uh, our, our food and things like that as well, like having maybe ch change a little bit of how we, we eat to maybe, uh, I don't know. When there is an unknown, I think it's better to be overly cautious in the beginning. And we're making plans to uh, make the food that we have last as long as it can. It doesn't mean we're starving ourselves or anything. It just means that we're trying to be smart about how we're going about the using the resources that we have. And uh, so those are tough conversations that I would actually encourage you to have with the people that you live with now before they become an issue. 
because one of the things that we're seeing this week too is we're really seeing Mars when it conjoins with Jupiter. The, the principles of anger could start to become blown out of proportion, you know, coming in contact with Jupiter, that, that expansive quality. And I think that um, if we have a strategy in place before these things happen, we may be more set up to deal with those in the moment and have a, a plan. So like, let's say that you uh, make an agreement that you have a special corner of your house that you go to if you're feeling really upset, or you go exercise or you take a shower or you practice all those self-care things that you need to do to uh, reduce the amount of either anxiety that you're feeling or, or you know what's okay to do at this time? It's okay to just take a time out. Um, if you are feeling like, like you're just, you know, I think that's the claustrophobia is one of the things that could come up this week, especially with this malefic enclosure. We could just feel like we're just stuck, right? And I think when we're allowed to be in our own space for a little while, and if you're in coming into conflict with someone, I think one of the healthiest things that you can do is if someone is mature enough to ask for a timeout, allow them that space. And agree to table a discussion maybe until cooler heads have prevailed and, and you've been allowed to calm down a little bit. Uh, so that would be the first thing I would suggest. Um, so this is, we're already going to be feeling this starting Monday. Uh, Monday, we're going to see the um, moon move into Capricorn at 12.25 p.m. Okay. So after we begin our last quarter phase, here the moon starts to move into Capricorn and it's going to conjoin the south node of the moon. And that's kind of like a, the big, the drain in the, the sky, right? It's where the energy is going out. It's where, uh, it's the great anus of the universe where we're processing old, old things and recycling things. And it's, it has a, a tide going out type of um, energy. This may be a point where we're starting to feel some fatigue. Uh, the moon is associated with the body and the moon being in its exile and in its fall. And when it conjoins with that south node, we may be starting to feel tired. We may be a little burnt out from being in a heightened uh, adrenal, adrenal state. I know this is one thing that I was experiencing over the last week. And I was like, one part of my reptilian brain was like, oh my God, am I sick? You know, but, like, but actually, I think what I was experiencing was some adrenal fatigue. I was, feeling, I, had been, I was feeling my emotions so strongly and the emotions of the collective that I was, I was feeling a little bit just burnt out and, and tired. And I'm feeling a lot better today. I'm feeling much like, you know, since I've uh, started to calm down, um, I can feel some of that dissipate. But I think that as a collective, uh, it's going to be important for you to um, pay attention to what's going on and do the things that you feel are necessary to uh, stay safe. Um, but also, there, it, you're, you're allowed to take a break every once in a while from your social media feed, from the news, uh, and try to restore some of your vitality. And, and I think that Monday may be a good time to, to start feeling how to do that. Um, the moon is going to sextile Mercury around the same time at zero degrees. So you can see that there will be a communication between Mercury and the moon. And this really, this will also, I mean, this really uh, reinforces what I'm talking about uh, as far as like 
restorative. You know, remember Mercury goes internal in, in this first decade of Pisces and, and tries to go into the labyrinth of the mind. Um, the first decade of Capricorn was associated with trying to figure out where to build, where to set down roots. Um, this could also be something where you're having conversations with the, the people that you care about or people in your community about what the next steps are. Um, I would caution you, though, that both of these planets are in their, uh, in their exiles and not functioning at their best. So be careful not to let your irrational, over-emotional thoughts uh, cause you to make plans that are um, not beneficial. Uh, so that is the sun, or sorry, moon sextiling Mercury. The moon, the, the moon, oh, I can't even talk. The moon is trining Uranus at four degrees at 8.32 p.m., okay? And this is something where we have a supportive aspect between the moon. This is where I think after we have that maybe difficult emotional conversation where we've allowed each other some space, uh, we may be able to make a plan, okay, Mars in the second, a third, sorry, third decan of Capricorn, uh, about how to use the resources that we have. Uranus in the first decan of Taurus. And we may have to be innovative. We may have to do things in a very different way than we have done in the past. And I think that that's something that I would highly encourage all of you to do right now. This is not business as usual. This is a serious thing, and it's going to require flexibility on your part. Okay, so remember, this is a trine. So this is where your actions, your merit-based actions about doing something in an innovative way could yield good results. And maybe that new way of doing something is coming to terms with getting by with less. Uh, that is one of the lessons of Jupiter and Capricorn is uh, working with what we have rather than just constantly feeling this exponential growth. Um, and I've been talking about this for a long time, that growth can never be uh, infinite. I mean, it is on a certain level, on like a spiritual level, I guess you could think of it that way. There will always be a cycle of growth. That is infinite, but it's a cycle. And there, in, in periods of uh, growth, there are periods of contraction as well that balance out the cycle. And that's what we're experiencing now, a period, a very severe period of contraction. And if we accept it rather than bemoan it, that's when we're going to be dealing with it with grace. I think that's what we're, what, what we're being required to do right now is accept the fact that we may have to do things completely different than we've ever been used to, maybe in our whole entire lives. I know I've never experienced anything quite like this in my lifetime. Uh, I know that I will live through September 11th, and that was intense, but it was more of an external threat. And this is more of like an internal thing with our minds and our bodies. And uh, I feel like it's a little bit more widespread. Um, never experienced anything like this. So like I said, be willing to do things differently. The other thing that we're going to be experiencing on Monday is Mars moving into the third decade of Capricorn right here at 20 degrees. And we've been talking about this third decan, which is, has correspondences, you know, uh, to the four of pentacles in the Rider-Waite tarot, according to the Rider-Waite Golden Dawn folks. And 
this remember this Deccan talks about uh, authority. It is a f- the face of the sun. So it is ruled by Saturn. It's being provided the resources by Saturn, but it takes on the appearance of the sun. And this, is, this was called the throne. Uh, this was about power. This was about consolidating power. And when Mars is moving into this, this is, I would say, the acceleration. Uh, Mars likes to speed things up of the consolidation of power. We've already seen Jupiter contacting with uh, Pluto, uh, an expansion of potentially disruptive, dark-sided, Darth Vader-like power. I did like a little music um, story on my Instagram where I was listening to the Darth Vader theme and was zooming in on the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction because it just felt very apropos at the time. And uh, this, is, this is a period of time where we could see um, authoritarian regimes con- doubling down on, on, you know, taking away what we perceive as our freedoms and things like that. So uh, that is a very real possibility. Um, I don't know. Some of it may be necessary. Some of it may be an abuse of power. So we have to be able to rationally parse out what is a necessary uh, contraction and what is something that where somebody is trying to benefit or profiteer off of that fear consciousness. That was something that I was personally, I'm very disgusted by. Uh, And not only in just the personal, the people that are buying up things and then trying to resell it in times of crisis, really essential things that people need, but also just, and this is, I don't know, it's just my personal opinion, and we can agree to disagree, but I found it very distasteful in the, the news conference where our president was parading you know, every CEO that he could out in front of our faces and telling us all about you know, how they're going to profit from this crisis. That's called disaster capitalism. And it's one of the things that happens, you know, I'm sure in late stage capitalism like this, where people are, are profiting off of people's fear and off of people's pain and suffering. And I, I think that's despicable and I don't agree with it and it sucks. I, I wish we could find a different way to, uh, to do things. Um, I don't know. <laughs> like. I just got to take a moment to recenter on that because that was one thing I had real, real trouble watching. Um, so anyway, I won't go, I won't go deeper into it. I have more thoughts on that, but I'll just, that'll just be more divisive. And really my, my goal with this is I don't really care if you're Democrat, Republican, Libertarian, Fruititarian, uh, we're all in this together. This, you know, viruses don't discriminate on political spectrums. Uh, our health as a nation isn't going to um, be won or lost whether we vote red or what. Well, I don't, <laughs> I don't know about that. Uh, it, your health is not based on whether you are conservative or, or liberal or whatever I'm trying to say. This is a great equalizer and everybody's going to have to come into some kind of agreement for, uh, for us to come out of this uh, in a reasonable fashion. Does that make sense? I still love you. If you if you're a if you're a mega mega guy or whatever, if you're a or if you're a Bernie guy, you know, I don't know. I voted for Bernie, so if you want to know my political affiliation, I I went to the primary and I I liked what he had to say. 
also I'm a fan of Elizabeth Warren and but she wasn't really in the race. Uh, but you know, if we don't agree on those types of things, um, that's okay. Hopefully we'll find some common ground in another way. Uh, anyway, Tuesday, the 17th, um, we are seeing the moon moving through Capricorn last quarter moon. Uh, the moon is trining Venus at 1.30 p.m. Uh, from 13 degrees of Capricorn to Taurus. The moon will be sextiling Neptune at 18 degrees of Capricorn to Pisces. Uh, we're going to be, this is really the, the activation of the, um, the Mars, Jupiter, Mars, Pluto stuff. And we're seeing that we're still moving towards the Jupiter-Pluto conjunction. Uh, so I don't know if I really talked about Mars enough in, in Capricorn 3. I want to go back to that for a minute because this is speeding everything up. This is adding fuel to the fire. Um, this may be a fight to, to, for control, for power, for resources. Um, when Mars is coming into contact with Pluto, this could be a ruthlessness that comes over uh, the collective and, uh, and a, an impulse to violence too. Um, so sometimes the price of power, and this is something I read that I really liked, is freedom. And we're seeing, you know, the consolidation of some of our freedoms that we took for granted too. Uh, again, I encourage you to try to be ju judicious about your own uh, feelings. If you have righteous anger, that's okay. There will be a time for that as well. Um, but I think that, uh, I don't know, my hope, my, ideal, I, my idealistic hope is that change, and we're going through a big one, uh, can happen peacefully. And, but... <laughs> History has shown us that that is generally not the way it happens. It shows us that only through extreme crisis and duress do, do the actual big changes happen. So I'm prepared for that. Uh, I would just say that um, you get to choose how you react during these times. And uh, the divine is watching is what I will say too. You know, you can get away with something now, but there's always going to be some sort of balance that happens for whatever actions you choose to take. All right, let's move to Wednesday. Okay. Oh, man, what a marathon. On Wednesday, the 18th, uh, we are experiencing, again, the moon is still moving through Capricorn. And this day... Uh, this is, I think this day is going to be pretty challenging. Um, this is the day that the moon, which generally is, is a trigger point. Remember, I've talked about this. The moon triggers things. Um, oops, the moon, there we go. The moon, hopefully you can still see this. Good. I pressed a weird button. The moon is triggering uh, all of the Capricorn stuff over the course of Wednesday and Thursday, okay? So it is first conjoining with Mars at 4.32 a.m. And then it's gonna conjoin Jupiter, okay, at 6.47 a.m. And then it's gonna conjoin Pluto at 10.53 a.m., all right? And then it conjoins Saturn at 8.48 p.m. The moon will also be making a sextile to the sun, so that is the one thing that is helping. There is some 
solar help here. But this is a moon that is in very bad shape that is triggering uh, the malefics uh, and a fallen Jupiter and a very difficult outer planet. And I think this is where we really start to see some, uh, some action in the world that becomes very difficult to process and very difficult to deal with, uh, where we may be starting to come to terms with the reality of this situation, which quite frankly could be pretty grim. And I, I don't for one minute want to like catastrophize anything, but I, I think that um, the... Uh, I think it's important that we don't minimize the ramifications of what we are experiencing either. And uh, so I think that for Wednesday, um, very important to really try to keep your head on straight. And uh, like I said, if it's a time where you have to feel uh, grief or your feelings, it's okay to do that. Reach out for help. I, I think that just because we're isolated in our homes doesn't mean that our phones don't work or that Zoom or Skype or FaceTime doesn't work. There are ways to create community even when we feel like things are at their, their bleakest. And again, I, I really do think the socially responsible thing is to stay at home as much as you possibly can. I don't think that we should be going out and even doing you know small social gatherings. I think we should be doing everything we can to quote unquote flatten the curve of this and not spread this uh, as much as we possibly can. But that doesn't mean we have to feel completely alone or isolated. Um, reach out, call a friend, phone a friend, right? Um, see if there's a way that you can reach out. You know, don't, don't wait for the people that are vulnerable in your life to reach out to you. Reach out to them. You know, check in on your, on your loved ones. Check in on your friends. Uh, see how they're doing. Sometimes just a one little message from somebody can give them some light in the darkness and give them some hope. And like I said, everybody is not experiencing this on the same level. There are people that have plenty that aren't really feeling the pinch of this at all. And there's some other people that are probably feeling this quite, quite severely. And this all starts to become real if, you know, any one of us begins to lose loved ones or people that we know and things like that. And that, that's going to, might be difficult. Um, but even if that's if that extreme isn't doesn't play out in your life, you will be feeling the loss of your routine and the loss of normality, and that that in and of itself requires some uh, some processing. All right. Okay. At nine sixteen p.m., the moon will move out of Capricorn and move into Aquarius, so we get some relief at the end of this from this pileup. I think but it's going to immediately start squaring Uranus. So this is where we may feel uh, the collective through the moon and Aquarius and feel, feel really the, the pain of being exiled and have it come in contact with uh, the reality of, of having to use our resources differently. And I, I, I really do encourage you to like make a meal plan, you know, I, you know, try not to burn through your stash, you know, if even so that you can be responsible to not have to go out all the time. There will be a point in time where people will have to restock what they've burned through. And if you have, you know, if you're able 
to be judicious with what you have, that allows for someone else to uh, maybe get something that they, they need to survive. If it means that you eat a few less snacks or you know, have a, a few more meals that are a little bit simpler, uh, that is doing a community service in and of itself. That is an action that you can take as an individual to make sure that, that the resources that we have are distributed fairly. Um, because I think that's going to be a problem. All right, so let's talk about Thursday the 19th. Now, this is one of our first very uh, poignant moments. Not really the first, it's another one. There's so much astrology happening this week. This is going to be like three hours long, but we got to unpack it. And like I said, I'm feeling, I'm feeling my feelings in real time here. I try to be as objective as I possibly can. Uh, but man, as I talk about these things and, and as the awareness of the weight of it dawns throughout the whole uh, show, it's just, I, I have to take a moment to kind of process. It's hard. It's, it's uh, yeah, it's not easy. All right. So let's look at thir Thursday, Thursday the 19th. Sorry, I went too far. Um, Thursday the 19th, the moon is going to be making a square to Uranus. We talked about that a little bit. Uh, the sun will be sextiling Saturn. So we've got a positive sextile from the sun to Saturn, where potentially there is some support coming from figures of authority. Uh, these two decans were concerned with power and sacrifice. So, you know, parse that out how you will, uh, where we may be trying to where we be have, having to make some hard choices uh, at this point and that may be beneficial to moving forward in the in the future uh the big thing that's happening today though if i move forward on the oh actually i wanted to tell you the seed of this this sun excuse me uh sun saturn sextile which perfects at 7:49 p.m. is was the 13th of January, right, right when a lot of this started popping up in the news, where it had a, also a conjunction with Pluto at 22 degrees of Capricorn. So this is the crescent phase, the waxing crescent phase of the, the uh, collective um, new karmic seeds that were planted around that period of time. So this is a time where we may be mobilizing resources to deal with, with some of these crises in, in a different way. Maybe there's new tests, maybe there's new, you know, I don't know, uh, relief from our government. I'm not holding my breath, but that could be something that happens. Uh, but there may be some sort of benefit that is, is distributed through the collective with this uh, contact. Um, it is a contact with Saturn, though, so it may not be as, uh, it may be limited. It may be having to deal with limitations as well. All right, so that's really the only uh, big aspect of the day besides that lunar one. The other thing that's happening very late in the day, though, is we have our Aries ingress, okay? And what that means is that the sun is moving into the sign of Aries very late in the day uh, at like 11.50 p.m. Where I, in Washington, D.C. Um, I wanted to use that one because I thought it would, I was listening to a really good, I guess I was listening to a good um, podcast um, by Demetri George, a podcast, it was just like a lecture. Um, and you can see there's the Aries ingress, 11.50 p.m. And 
In Washington, D.C., the degree of the ascendant is 24 degrees um, Scorpio. Okay. And this chart is ruled. This is the chart for my own area and 18 degrees Scorpio. You know, there's a different ingress chart for every area that you're in. Um, so this is a Mars ruled chart. And this is how mundane astrologers in the past would kind of talk about how the how the vibe of the next season was going to go. Um, so with Mars being the ruler of this chart, we're definitely going to see martial themes come up and Mars is in Capricorn. Um, again, I, I, I would not be surprised with this Mars conjunct Jupiter to see either some violence spring up, uh, to see a consolidation, a, a further consolidation of power, which is the third decade of Capricorn, potentially something like martial law or where you know there is an acceleration of the jupiter um it could also be the acceleration of the spread of the disease i hate to say it but this could be like really accelerating the the spread or the proliferation i've read some articles online uh, and again this is not i'm not an expert and you can have your own opinion on these things but they have talked about how the the growth curve of the disease in different uh, countries. And, you know, if you know some basic math, and I'm not a math ex expert either, but generally you are, uh, when you have one person get sick, it, that when they have contact with other people, it, it can explode very quickly because that person goes and touches somebody else or has contact with this person. And they contact five other people. And then those five people can uh, contact 10 to 100 people. So that's, that's why we've seen 10 to 20 cases explode into 1,500 cases literally overnight. And I think that could be a moment that we're seeing here in America as well, um, where there is just an explosion of this. Um, and maybe, I don't know, it could be due to our response or not, or just, it could just be due to the nature of this disease. Uh, so that might be one thing we're experiencing. Um, this ascendant degree is right on Donald Trump's IC. I didn't bring his chart up, but in his descendant on his fourth house. And this Jupiter-Pluto conjunction and the Mars you know, stuff, all this pileup is opposite his Saturn in Cancer at 23 degrees, which is a difficult placement he has in his chart. So... He's going to have a lot of responsibility uh, coming up very quickly, and who knows? I don't. I'm. I'm not going to speculate on what's going to happen with him, but um, just know that his chart is getting some very, very intense contacts in the next week, with from all the from the malefics, from from Jupiter, from Pluto. All of those things are are contacting his Saturn in the twelfth house, and it's a it's a an exiled Saturn. Um, so we'll see. We'll see how that plays out. But he's definitely, and this isn't news to anybody, but he's going to be a major player in this moving forward. Uh, the other thing that I want to talk about, though, so with Aries, let's, let's unpack the Aries sun a little bit. Um, so the sun in Aries gains dignity, right? Uh, it, it becomes very strong in the sign of Aries. It's in its exaltation. Some of the best qualities of the sun can come out. Um, but this could be just an expansion of authority. 
this is again this i i'm going to say this i I really just think that this is something where uh now once the sun moves into aries the sun is squaring all these capricorn placements by whole sign and it's going to be meeting up with the, the asteroid chiron here which is associated with i don't know some painful experiences with a wound um I have a feeling, I just have a feeling that there is going to be some challenges that we have with authority figures moving forward. And one of the scariest things I heard was in that speech was, man, he, he, he was, seemed like he was uh, almost gloating about the power that he has in crisis situations. And I, my hope is that he doesn't abuse that power. That, I don't really have a whole lot of faith in that since history has shown us so far that that hasn't been the case um but i don't know this is a this is going to be a tough aspect we're we're in for a, a a difficult um april and one where the sun is going to concurrently be you know squaring all of these positions okay except for i, I don't think it's going to get to saturn cuz saturn changes signs first but it'll eventually square all of these uh, Mars, Jupiter, and Pluto positions in the chart. Uh, so we'll have to keep an eye on that. Um, so Mars and Aries. Uh, in the tarot, it was associated with the two of wands. Okay. The two of wands. And here we see a figure who's holding a globe and he's looking out onto his dominion. Um, this is a Mars ruled face. Uh, it is also the domicile lord mars is the domicile lord of the first uh, of the whole sign of aries um this is a time where we are experiencing separation from the womb this was the where the seed emerged from the ground uh where we were austin kaba calls this the axe and it's the axe of feeling the separation from the cosmic oneness that we felt at the in the last decade of pisces or in pisces in general with the merging of things now we're creating identity through our individuality and this may be where we are feeling really a sense of independence and autonomy but also isolation uh and we are feeling like we're trying to recraft a maybe possibly even a new identity within these new circumstances and this could be a time where we're feeling um, an awareness of what separates us from our fellow man or from the divine. And yeah, it, it, this is a great time to almost reinvent yourself within these new circumstances. And it's going to be through hardship. There's a lot of people that I, I've seen my artist friends out there that uh, basically their entire life got disrupted. They, don't, they aren't able to play gigs anymore through no fault of their own. And now they're doing things online and getting tip jars through that. I wish that had been around when I was, you know, more involved in my music career. I guess I could still do it, but uh, <laughs> they'd be able to, the ability to do concerts from your house and have people pay you to do that. I just didn't know if that was like something that people would actually do if there was live music, but now maybe through necessity. Um, so how can you redefine yourself within this new reality that we're living in? And maybe it's temporary. I'm sure parts of it will be temporary, but there may be other parts of this that aren't temporary. This may, like I, I truly believe this is the beginning of a paradigm shift to a new type of 
uh, sense a new, uh, some new ideals that will be more culturally accepted or socially accepted. And that may be more like working from home. That may be more like uh, trying to figure out how to take care of each other in a more equitable fashion. Um, having to come up with new innovative ideas to deal with whatever crises we're being faced with. Uh, and th- we could see the beginning of this with this Aries ingress, because very shortly after this, Saturn moves into Aquarius. All right. So let's move on. Sorry, I'm starting to fade. I think I'm hungry. <laughs> when, I get, when I get a little hungry, then my brain doesn't work as well. So for the next few weeks, you may hear me fade in and out if I haven't gotten a snack or something or my blood sugar is low. But you know what? Maybe that's the time when you go into like a, I don't know, like a fever dream <laughs> and you're like channeling something. I'll see if I can channel something good for, for all of you in the final, I don't know, 20, 20 minutes of this. I'm not even done, close to being done. Um, but what else are you going to do? You're sitting at home. You can listen to these podcasts. No, I'm sure that you all have work to do. And like, we're going to try to, I think trying to uh, maintain some semblance of normalcy is, is important, especially when we're going through crisis consciousness. That can, can be very uh, reassuring, having a routine at home. Okay. Uh, if we look at Friday, 20th. Friday, the 20th. The moon is in Aquarius, right? Moon's in Aquarius, balsamic phase now, okay, where we are consolidating the seed. The balsamic phase was the last 45 degrees before the new moon, where we are consolidating the seed. And we've gone through our ex- existential crises and we're figuring out what stays and what goes uh, so we can have a, a new rebirth at the new cycle. And this will be a very important new moon in Aries where it's all about newness and growth and and the spring of our lives. Now, this is going to be a difficult spring, but a spring nonetheless. It could be a spring that is, is challenge, challenging us to, to uh, let go of things, hence the square to the Capricorn planets. Okay? But it'll be a new impulse, a new divine assignment, regardless of what that assignment is. And we'll get, we'll get into that as we get closer to the new moon. Um, but on Friday, the 20th, the moon makes a square to Venus from 16 degrees of Aquarius to 16 degrees of Taurus. So there may be some challenge that comes up between uh, the, us and our experience of the collective and our ability to do something in a, in a new and innovative way. Our feelings of exile may come into contact with Venus, who is in the second decan of Taurus, um, and our ability to receive what we need from the resources that we have available to us. Uh, the other big thing that's happening on the 20th is Mars is going to be conjoining Jupiter. Okay, so you can see here at 22 degrees, Mars and Jupiter come together. All right, so this is, I've been talking about this the whole time, so I'll go over it briefly. But this, this is the point where we, I, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, this breaks up the malefic enclosure of Jupiter. So this may actually, on some level, this may be a breakthrough uh, Mars may help facilitate some kind of breakthrough that helps us regain a little bit of a sense of hope. I mean, that's, that, that's the, what I could see as the best possible outcome for this. Now, Pluto is still enclosed in those malefics, so who knows? Um, 
but this speeds up uh, Jupiter stuff. This could be where we're speeding up the authoritarian power grab. This could be where we're speeding up the proliferation of the virus. I'm, I'm only looking at the Mars quality of bringing extra heat and, and rapidity to things. Um, this is on the degree of the Saturn-Pluto conjunction that happened in the beginning of January too. So it is, is very much going to be related to the events that were put in, into place there and the uh, consolidation of power that we're experiencing now. Um, this could be increase, increase of martial qualities. Uh, I, it's, there is bombast and hubris associated with this area, area of the zodiac and the combination of these two planets. Um, ruthlessness, there could be ruthless feelings that where the ends justify the means. I really think that's a possibility. And I've been trying to tell people that I know to just be prepared, not freak out, but be prepared. Um, for something like martial law where we're you know in in italy they're basically everything shut down and you're you're not allowed to leave your house so i i think that uh that is a possibility and as soon as thursday friday where we see some major shifts in uh authoritarian power where we're consolidating you know and, and marshalizing some of these forces um i'll say this like this is the hand we've been dealt right now. You know, I mean, I wouldn't use that information to feel a sense of despair. I think I would use it to feel a sense of vigilance and awareness and do the things that are necessary that need to be done um, and try to adjust as best that you can. And recognize too that the actions that are being taken now may be the seeds that are, are the, the seed of the new change that had to happen. This may have been the only way that a much broader societal shift could have taken place. Because remember, those in power aren't really just ready to just give it up, okay? This is, we've learned this from history too. Like, we either have to demand it, okay, through a, a revolution, or some kind of crisis like this comes along to re-level the playing field, so to speak. And I think that's the moment that we're in. We're in the, the last gasp of the Earth triplicity, you know, experience. The last 200 years, the Industrial Revolution, the, 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 this is, the, I think, the last gasp of capitalism in this particular form doesn't mean that we're going to automatically overnight become a social socialist country or democratic socialism or anything like that. I don't think those changes happen overnight, but I do think it is the beginning of potentially, if I'm going to insert some hope into a more equitable treatment uh, and more fair distribution of power, resources, and uh, working through things in a more intellectual fashion rather than a more like um, material, this is mine and we're competing for this and that. It, it, I hope it's an ushering in of, you know, what, what people have been praying for the quote unquote age of Aquarius, which in traditional astrology, this, that isn't really a thing. It sort of is, but it's more like these triplicity shifts. Okay. Uh, I, I would say that this triplicity shift 
most closely matches some of the idealistic, uh, could possibly match some of the idealistic visions that we've had when people, when new age folks talk about the, the quote unquote age of Aquarius. Um, and I don't think that that's going to be like this golden age though. I don't think that it's going to be something where it's like, oh, everything's perfect. Everyone lives in harmony. Aquarius has some downsides too. And we'll, we'll explore that as well. Um, so that is the Mars Jupiter conjunction happening at 22 degrees. And again, that's in that Deccan with the four of pentacles, consolidation of power, people hanging on to things. Um, so recognize that in your own life too, that your own uh, impulses to power may get triggered by this as well. All right, I've got two more days. Can you hang with me for two more days here? <laughs> for two more days. Uh, yeah. So let's go to Saturday the 21st. And on Saturday the 21st, this is, I'm going to, we'll talk about this, uh, the big change that is happening, the big one, the big ends. Not that any of these aren't big. This is an important week. There are some weeks that are more important than others, you know? I mean, maybe not like, well, I wouldn't say more important. There's some weeks that are more eventful, right, than others. I think that's, that's the way I want to describe that. But in a historical time, we can, there will be some weeks where we point to and like, wow, there's history, that we're just making history. And we're in one of those moments. Don't you mistake it for a minute. But this is the big, the big thing that's happening on Friday. I'm sorry, on Saturday, very late on Saturday, like 11.58 p.m. Saturday, uh, we're going to start off the day with a balsamic moon that moves into Pisces at 8.33 a.m. The moon's going to conjoin Mercury at 4.38 p.m. at 4 degrees, which was the degree of the new moon uh, before. So there will be some sort of, uh, you know, reconciling some of the things that happen because Mercury is moving over the same degrees that it retrograded over. So there may be some dealing with some fallout of what we uh having to redo some things. So be careful of that this afternoon. There may be some things that you have to redo that may, got, may have gotten messed up during the retrograde period that are related to some of your uh, visionary themes that you had at the new moon. The moon will sextile Uranus at 5.50 p.m. at four degrees of Pisces and Taurus um, that may uh, facilitate some sort of innovative new way of doing something again uh, especially when it comes to how we deal with our resources. That's what Uranus and Taurus, I think, is asking us right now, especially this first decade of Taurus. How can we, we're getting some shakeups. We're getting the lightning bolt of awareness of how we use our material resources. And that's part of this story, this narrative that we're dealing with. But let's move to Saturn. So this is a big deal. Saturn's moving into Aquarius right here. And again, Saturn in Aquarius is... Uh, in its own diurnal domicile, it's, it is, has all its own resources being provided for it. And those resources are the qualities of uh, exclusion, <laughs> yay, limitation, necessity, exile, isolation, uh, maturity. It, it is a slow planet. It requires patience. It requires endurance. And those things are all going to be very strongly supported with, with Saturn and Aquarius. Uh, it's a fixed air sign. So instead of being in a cardinal sign, 
uh, now we are in a fixed part of the zodiac where it is a little bit more immovable. We may be experiencing a shift from the actions of Saturn and having to deal with more like the, you know, Saturn is in an even more kind of unmovable position <laughs> in that fixed sign. Uh, this is a Venus ruled Deccan, which is I find interesting because it's a, Venus was associated with purification and cleanliness. So this is something where those themes are going to re be repeated with Saturn in this uh, in this Deccan. Uh, this Deccan was represented in the Rider Waite by the Five of Swords, where we see a figure walking away with something after a, a conflict. And there are certain people that are walking away in grief, there, and there's this kind of smug winner. Uh, and this Deccan was called the Mark of Exile, or Defeat. Uh, and this is, um, a lot of the things I was researching talk about this is something where there may be an intentional exile. Right. This is. I really feel like this is the social distancing we're talking about. This is the you know uh, coming to terms with being the necessity Saturn of putting ourselves into isolation. Uh, so this is something where we have to come to terms with the reality of that. Uh, it might not be fun. Uh, it might not be the the most rewarding moment in our life. But we have to be innovative and figure out new ways to deal with the reality of our situation. And some of the things that are supported are some kind of intellectual detachment from the things that aren't useful. Um, this Deccan, from my research, was associated with people who are living in the margins of society, uh, and also, but also creating beauty as a, as a Venus-ruled Deccan. And in the uh, Deccan book, they talked about uh, a, an artist that was creating with copper instead of gold. So creating and using what is available uh, to create beauty rather than using the best thing. Uh, and this may be where our innovation uh, to find solutions from potentially a lowered position through our exile is, is going to be important. Uh, this is associated with breaking with the herd, you know, disrupting the status quo, the joy of personal freedom, gaining perspective on the system when we are forced outside of it. I think that's real, the real thing here. There's a, a quality of banishment associated with first decade of Aquarius. And what we need to do is use this as an opportunity since we are having a complete disruption of our, of our uh, economy of our normal routines, of our capitalist system in general, there will be uh, an awareness of what is necessary and what isn't. And we're going to learn what we can actually live with, without and what, we, what is really actually essential that we, we need as a culture, as a society. And I think this Saturn in Aquarius is going to give us a unique perspective about what is really necessary to function as a society. Um, there's a lot of people that are going to be able to work from home and they're going to start asking themselves, is it really necessary for me to go back to work and, and be in a physical area? I mean, look at what we're doing here. I, I'm coming to you from a Zoom technology, from a video conference. I can do a reading for you. And if you want to sign up for reading, reach out. Uh, you know, if you need some guidance through this difficult time, I'd be more than happy to help you with that. 
but I, we don't have to be in the same room together. We, we literally can communicate and see, see our screens like something out of a futuristic novel, you know, or Star Trek or something. And, uh, and that may be more the norm. We may, may start to realize that, that being in a physical place does not necessarily, uh, is not necessarily necessary. Uh, that our ability to find connection as human beings is more an intellectual and more, um, oh, I don't know, spiritual type of thing than, than physically being in proximity with one another. Intellectual property is something that's come up in the last few decades, right? Where the commodity that we have are our are ideas, right? Rather than physical goods. We've seen this with decentralized currency, with Bitcoin, where we don't actually need physical money anymore. We just have numbers on a screen uh, that, that represent our wealth. And that could be something that we see in the future. Um, Saturn and Aquarius is, I, I really think, something that is going to be a giant shift. And what we're going to see later in the year is Jupiter is going to meet up with Saturn at on twelve twenty one, right around the winter solstice. Okay, we're gonna have a conjunction with Saturn and Jupiter at zero degrees, and that's that's the moment. That's the signal moment of the the bigger idealistic shift. And I'm not gonna go into whether I'm predicting this person or that person is gonna win an election or whatnot, but I do think it is going to represent a giant uh, cultural uh, change into a more air-like consciousness where we have more decentralized uh, things, more decentralized places where we are working, um, where, like I said, with the currency, um, this is a big deal. And this is, this is part of the shift that we're experiencing now. This is kind of the, dark, the darkness before more of the dawn. I hope. Now, after listening to Demetra George talk about this, who is much more eloquent about it than, than me, she, she basically was talking about Saturn being the old guard. Like in the myth of, of uh, Saturn and, and Jupiter and the Olympian gods, Saturn was the old guard that tried to uh, devour his own children so that they wouldn't usurp him. And Jupiter was hidden away <laughs> quarantined, right, uh, in a cave. And eventually when Jupiter came of age and, and came of strength, he was the one that, that took down Jupiter, or sorry, took down the old Saturnian king and, you know, gave him uh, some sort of liquid or drought, drought, I guess you'd call it, um, to make him throw up the, old, the other children, the, like Hades being one, Pluto. Uh, I don't remember what the other ones were. I think there were asteroid goddesses involved in that, like uh, Ceres and um, Juno and all those folks. I, I don't know, though. Uh, like I said, she's more eloquent and the expert on this, so go watch that. But I found it interesting, though, that the Jupiter represents the new, the sun, taking over in a battle for power with the old king, Saturn. And this is a moment where there's the transition of power. And maybe by sequestering ourselves away, like Jupiter, we are consolidating our own power right now 
and potentially taking back our power as a collective from the old Saturnian king. Because eventually, this I think this speaks to power to the people, with Aquarius being much more representative of the collective and of the uh, the community rather than just being the, the, the people who are uh, consolidating power physically. That's my hope anyway. That's my, my somewhat progressive fever dream. <laughs> you know, like, but I think that it's a real possibility. Uh, what I w- will say, though, is if you're expecting it to change overnight, you're going to be disappointed. Okay, because really, what we're, they, they said that there were a 10-year cycle for this before Jupiter and Saturn come into an opposition. Now, I don't know if this is exactly where they're supposed to be, uh, but 10 years from now, there will be a Jupiter-Saturn opposition, and that will be part of the cycle where, or there, I, I believe, uh, oh man, now I'm going to show my, my, my ignorance in this, but I believe Demetri George said that there was a, a Jupiter-Saturn opposition where we see kind of the, the peak of this cycle of energy, which will happen somewhere in 2030. And then Jupiter starts to become the planet that is overcoming Saturn. So right now, the old guard is still probably going to be powerful. Okay, As Jupiter moves through the zodiac, Saturn has the upper hand. Okay, Right here at this position, they, there was this position called overcoming where Whatever planet was earlier in the zodiac here, okay, had more power over whatever planet was to the, I guess to the to the left, okay. That's called the superior position. Now, as Jupiter moves through the zodiac and goes past that opposition point, then Jupiter has the superior position, okay. So this process of change that we're going to be going through is going to take a while. And eventually there may be a reconciliation between Jupiter and Saturn and through the old guard and the new guard and, and, and whatever happens. But it's going to be a, a, a long process. And just, just for context, though, in, in the 200-year apocal, you know, uh, triplicity cycle, 10 years is not that long, okay? So even though it may feel like a long time, it's, it's not that long of a, a shift, and it, it, the, new, the new will be brought into being, uh, you know, within a reasonable amount of time within that larger cycle, okay? So you're going to have to have patience. We're not going to be able to change to a more equitable society overnight. We may see the beginnings of that at the end of this year, but it, it will still be, uh, require compromise, at least for the first, I would say, for the first decade, okay? All right, so that's my, I'm going to be talking about Saturn and Aquarius more as we're moving on, but that is my first treatment of it. Uh, and I, I think the questions that we're going to be asked are, what is true freedom? What is the, uh, the, what is really necessary in our lives? What can we consolidate to find our own sense of personal freedom, right? Uh, and what can we let go of? Can, can we let go of? the old corrupted society that really is unjust and inequitable. Can we, can we let go of that? Can we consolidate that to, to create something that is more equitable? Uh, and this exile 
it may feel like a punishment at first, but it, I don't think it's necessarily uh, something where you have to mourn it. Um, it will only feel extra painful if you resist the changes that are necessary. If you say, this is the way it always was and this is the way it has to be, that's when it becomes painful. But it, here's another thing that was pointed out. There is always a generation that wants change and always a generation that wants to conserve the old way of doing things. Because in general, and this is something I, I, I believe I heard from Mark Jones. I listened to a bunch of, of um, uh, talks last night. And he, I believe it was him that was talking about the inherent desire for order in a society. Like we need roads, we need like, you know, we need government, you know, in whatever form, uh, there are some that will disagree with me. But I, I think that inherently as human beings, we need some sort of organ, organize, organization, right? And uh, if we just function in chaos, that, would, that probably wouldn't be great either. So there will have to be a balance that's struck between the Jupiterian idealism of, of whatever is happening for the new future and trying to preserve some structures that will bring stability to us as a society. And stupi stability, stupidity, st stability, <laughs> stability isn't always a bad thing. Um, now, granted, there are definitely inequalities and abuses of power um, but you know like i said there will be, have to be compromises that need to be made moving forward and if you are lean towards the more idealistic end keep spreading the dream if you lean towards more conservative area you know try to be flexible but also talk about uh the benefits of of your position while still making compromises same with the idealistic Jupiterian new order. You're going to have to, both of these energies are necessary. Expansion and growth to something new is necessary. Preservation of some sort of order and structure also necessary. There has to be some sort of agreement. And there might be towards the end of this year with those two meeting at the end of the year. I, I think that nothing brings people together like, like a crisis. Nothing brings them together like a pandemic. You know, so... Maybe the virus that we're all catching is us, fairness and justice and equality. <laughs> like that's the hope, anyway. I guess. Um, anyway, uh, on Sunday, moving forward, we have a sextile between Mercury and Uranus and Venus and Neptune, and uh, you know, innovative ideas. I don't have a whole lot to say about those things. Those are. There was a seed that was planted at the seventh uh, of May in 2019 at three degrees Taurus that we're seeing a disseminating uh, sextile between Mercury and Uranus. We're seeing kind of the uh, the results of of some seed that was planted last year, maybe economic seed of dealing with resources in, in a new way, um, of some innovative ideas that we may have had with how we deal with whatever our foundations are that support us. There could be some confusion with that with Mercury being in its exile and its fall. Some unexpected tech or, or communication challenges, potentially like some market crashes or things like that. Um, yeah, I, I wrote down in my notes, getting lost in your mind 
over fear of lack, which is a combination of the Eight of Cups and the Five of Pentacles. Okay, um, Venus sextiling Neptune. Uh, the seed of that cycle where Venus conjoined Neptune was on the 26th of January, 2020, at 16 degrees of Pisces. And this is where we may have a romantic illusion about things, where the ecstasy of religious devotion to something. This is where we have to be careful of our, our fantasies overrunning us. Maybe a point where we see some transcendent art being created, a, a general catharsis that is helping us to deal with uh, rising above the materiality of our of our experience and connecting with spirit. Um, so this could be a, this is the waxing crescent phase where we're seeing a mobilization of resources for the dream. And that's could happen on Sunday too. Uh, so keep your eyes peeled for that. There's some lunar aspects that day. The moon is sextiling Venus and conjoining Neptune. So that's reaffirming both of the themes that we were, we were talking about as far as bringing things into being. Okay. Uh, I think that's what I've got for this week. That's a lot. If you have questions, feel free to leave a comment in the in the chats of the video or of the of wherever you're consuming this content. If you need some some clarification, you know you can send an email to me at spencermichelleastrology uh, at gmail.com. If you want me to, if you want to reach out and do a reading, like reach out. If you need some help, um, reach out. I would be happy to schedule something with you. I got plenty of time. Uh, right now, if you're having financial difficulties, uh, we can work something out. Like I know that everybody's struggling and uh, some people have enough to pay for a reading, but sometimes the people who need a reading the most don't have the resources that they need. So reach out and, and tell me how you're doing and we'll figure it out. Um, and I'll never deny somebody who needs help. I, I've learned that from my teacher, Achuta Bhava, and I really respect him for that. And I want to I uh, think that he's inspired me to carry on that that type of integrity. And uh, yeah, so don't be ashamed if like you really do need some spiritual guidance or astrological guidance. And don't don't worry if you're if it's a, an affordability question. I, I'd be happy to help you in whatever way that I can um, with the time and resources that I have. All right. So looking ahead to the 23rd and to, through the 29th, Mars is going to be conjoining Pluto on the 23rd. So that's going to be another big moment in our narrative. A new moon at four degrees Aries on Tuesday, the 24th, which is conjoining Chiron. Uh, so we'll unpack that. And then Saturday, the 28th, Venus makes a trine to Jupiter and then a trine to Pluto. So Our Lady Venus is coming, coming to help us out by the end of, of next week. So we'll keep our eyes peeled for that. All right. Um, so that's what I've got for this week. Uh, please take care of yourself. Please be responsible with your self, with your family. I think that there's no shame in, you know, staying home. I think actually it's the most socially responsible thing that you can do while still trying to stay connected. There's ways to stay connected while we're staying home. Um, if you need help, reach out for it. Uh, and this too shall pass. I think that this is, you know, I'm, th I'm thinking just off the top of my head, this feels like a Lord of the Rings moment where Frodo is talking to, to Gandalf and wishing that things could be different. 
wishing that things could just be like they were in the Shire and, and Gandalf is talking to Frodo and he's uh, saying, you know, we don't always get to choose the, the times that we're born into, but we get to choose how we act within those times. And I know that that's not a direct quote, but that's my understanding of that concept. And this is your opportunity. No, it's not your fault necessarily of what we're going through, but you get to choose how you react. You get to choose on whether you're going to be the, the Lysol hoarder or if you're going to be one of the helpers. And when you help other people, ultimately you are helping yourself because we all, we're all one, you know, we're all, we are all part of this together. And I think that's another lesson that we're going to be learning as we move into the Saturn-Jupiter conjunction is we need each other and we need to work together if we're going to survive as a species and as, a commun as communities, as families and things like that. So that's what I'll leave you with this week. Um, please be well and take good care of yourself. And, uh, you know, I hope that you uh, are doing okay. And I wish I could come and give you a big hug, but I'll give you a big virtual hug. Wish I could come and cook you a meal. And, but maybe one day when this blows over, we'll be able to reconnect in that way. So until then, take care, everyone. Peace.